0: Return, a weekly one-hour podcast covering news from the agricultural and turf grass
1: industries. When
0: the DJ scratches, you know what that means. Welcome to another episode of Burn and Return. Uh, how's everybody doing? My name is Matt. Sometimes I go by the grass factor Martin. And alongside of me, we have Rayo and Ryan DeMay, Gentlemen, how in the hell
2: are we doing? Well, uh just trying to find ways to ingest more things that will lower my stress or uh reduce my tiredness, or I'm I don't know. Just uh I sit here and listen the pre-shows and, and try to learn and take as much in as I can and then uh I go on about my week ignoring all of that and just uh burying myself in one <laughs> I'm here for all that. No. Yep. I no I've spent a lifetime
3: trying all kinds of things to even get the first fifty percent out of myself. I'm not even looking for the last one percent. I just want the, the first fifty <laughs> So I've probably tried it all. Yeah,
0: it is what it is. But like, but that's what we get on here.
2: Yeah,
0: we get to come on here, decompress, lighten the mood, bring everybody up to par. Well, I don't know if we're going to be doing that, but uh, we can at least we can at least get on here and blabber and maybe maybe vent a little bit of whatever whatever's pin up over the weekend or over the week or you know, whatever whatever grinds our gears. Um. Speaking of grinding our gears, how about we just go ahead and jump into this week's
3: headlines?
4: Nothing to fear here. This is just the news.
0: This is just the news, and uh, if you if you if you didn't feel good after uh, after this week's uh, after last week's episode, don't worry. We are here to redeem you. Um, and we got we got some news that is that is going on. Boy, let me tell you, up in the northeast, one thing that they are running out of is dry weather. Uh, the, the amount of rain that they have been getting. Uh, New York is underwater. Uh, the airport is underwater, and uh, here we have it in the local news in uh, in Springfield, Springfield, Massachusetts. They're like boy, even the landscape companies are freaking out. Uh GNH Landscaping says they are still playing catch up due to the amount of rain over the past few months. What well, weather has been taking over the Pioneer Valley and has been slowing down local landscaping customers uh custom companies customers Lord have mercy. Gary Corchesney, owner of GNH Landscaping says that the rain has put them behind on scheduling. We're behind. I don't think we have had one full week of mowing where we were on schedule this entire year. From the standpoint of our projects, we're about 6 to 8 weeks behind. It was four to six weeks, but the rain just kept pushing us out further and further, and the rain keeps coming in. Uh, Corchesney told 22 News that they have also been trying to get some seeding done, which is very time-sensitive. He says if it gets too late in the season, they're not going to grow. They're trying to get it done by mid-October, but again, more rain is delaying the process. While landscapers can't work in these wet conditions, that's when patience comes in for customers. Landscaping in the rain can cause damage to lawns and equipment, but G&H Landscapes says they're doing what they can to service all of their customers even though all this rain is affecting their work. Cortez Chesney says, uh, "It gives them time to do maintenance on their equipment." Oh man, what a what a what a feel good feeling there. It's like, "Ah, you know, we're 2 months behind on work. I know we're stressing the holy hell, but uh, at least at least we're getting a lot of maintenance done."
2: Yeah, Jimmy, go back in the parts room and count how many belts we have for the Permagreen can. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'll say I don't this. Know, man. maintenance
2: projects do catch up, but like when
0: you're, when you are so fucking down and out that when the news is asking you how you're doing and the best that you can come up with, is like, well, maintenance is getting done. You know, on the inside, this guy's like, I am so ready for this year to be over with. Get the F out of my face before I fucking slap you. You know, that's what's going
1: through hey, his head.
3: I, I know. And, uh, that's where people need. I guess perspective because my ta- my favorite thing to tell people when it is raining is kindly stick your fucking
1: head out the door and look, it's raining. Okay. It's raining. Fuck off. Okay.
0: <laughs> uh, also, this is uh this is a neighbor of, of, uh, of our friend Brent. Brent is up that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, uh, not, you know, without a doubt, I have been watching him comment in the discord off and on It's like, Oh, look, another, another week of rain. Mm. How another exciting. week of
3: rain. Yep. Uh Also, uh,
0: we have an effort underway to change summer summer's worth New Hampshire's lawn mowing ordinance. Boy, when they, fir- when they, when one comes in, they all start coming in, don't they? And, uh, I think, I think it's funny when you hear, hear people talk about like when, when we talk about like, Hey, look, we're starting to see some restrictions on glyphosate beginning to roll in. And look, oh, it'll never happen. It'll never happen. Uh, who was it? I think it was supernova. Right. It's so not going to happen. Sure. And uh, yeah, it uh, turns out, turns out, yeah, it does happen a lot like this. Now, you know, we've, we've again, if it's not, if it's not, you know, the no mo may, which caught on, which is just bizarre to me. Uh, then it's uh, you know we're going to we're going to have to ban uh, gas powered lawnmowers. Uh, then we're going to figure out how to make it just apply to municipal municipalities and, and contractors for municipalities. And It just gets weird. And it, and again we have a continuance of plenty of of weird. Uh, after a Somersworth ordinance requiring res- residents to keep their lawns shortly trimmed made the headlines, the chair of the city's conservation commi- uh, commission said he's working to change the rule now. Uh, I had a suspicion that there might be something like that hidden in the inspection regulations that might be limiting to the community wildlife project. Uh, A tree board Mm -hmm. formed in, uh, he chairs the city's conservation commission, a tree board formed in 2018 and the mayor's commission on the preserve Summersworth. The conservation commission is trying to certify the city for the national wildlife Federation community, wildlife habitat program. The, uh, my God! Look at all this—the mayor's commission, uh, 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 city's conservation commission. Uh, we have uh, the the uh, uh, the mayor's commission of preserve Summersworth. and what is this last one here? The National F- Wildlife Federation Community Wildlife Habitat Program. They have to fill certain requirements before qualifying. Oh my God! This is just gobbledygook from from bureaucrats, man. Um, it was only after Somersworth uh, resident Jackie Pierce refused to mow her lawn and receive a notice from the city that uh, Ors, Orschowski learned about the ordinance, which prevents residents from growing their lawns longer than 10 inches. Ors, Orschowski said he's now working with city councilor Matt Girding to change the ordinance. He wants to broaden the definition of what the city will allow. Be less rigid about weeds and guide residents towards native species that can be, most benefit wildlife. Um
1: it 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 goes on to talk about this okay gentlemen gentlemen is 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 a 10, is a ten inch lawn first off do you have to
0: do, do, does does your lawn height have to be enforced legally to begin with that in and of itself seems ridiculous to me right uh and then uh, uh, coupled on on top of that is this debate over you know over it's, it's it's the side of argument and it's not the side of argument that like really do we have to legally enforce the height of a lawn what it comes down to is we need to legally enforce the height of a lawn but only as pertaining to the benefit of the environment if and only if we're using environmental friendly plant species natives so on and so forth do you see where i'm going with that like? you're you're fine tuning the ridiculousness to the wrong to the wrong
1: parameters in my opinion of course mhm
3: well, I mean, I do have to put it to everybody this way is on one hand, we have to make a decision now what do we actually want in our cities i mean, do we want these groomed and uh you know, meticulously maintained areas? Or do we want the landscape to look more natural and less meticulously maintained and maybe even be more of a habitat to various forms of wildlife? However, my concern with wildlife habitat is, what if that wildlife might not be exactly what we want?
1: Well, like, and that's why I worry about this things isn't... like, yeah, why I
3: worry about snakes and pests and,
1: you know, things of that sort. Where, okay, I got to tell you where my brother
3: has a hell of a time right now. You know why he has a hell of a time? It's because his landlord is one of those organic wokey dokey types. And my brother has
1: pet centipedes and pet cockroaches. Yep. Where for me
3: I'm seeing see with the ladies. Bro.
1: Mm. No, bro, uh I can
3: take care of that in ten minutes with a little jar of tempo. Done.
2: <laughs> i was just gonna say this. If I'm uh, if I'm using that as a line, do uh, you wanna come see my centipede collection? one it's very factual and two there's only one centipede that i own so there is that Mm -hmm. uh no this is a uh you know it it gets back to the the public health issue right so this isn't just a code enforcement you know hoa lawn care bs thing right Mm -hmm. you know there's a there's a Mm -hmm. genuine public health uh angle with with Mm -hmm. these ordinances and things like that so you know i i don't know i i uh, I I understand why, as a city, you have to take a stand on this kind of thing. I also wonder, too, like, there's plenty of places you can live outside the city limits where you don't have to mow your lawn down 10 inches. So, I don't okay. know. Okay, uh, Ryan, you ahead. touched on something. You
3: touched on something in that here is the trend that I've seen even in my own state. And this is the emerging trend. Environmental and health safetyism overrides and becomes so twisted that actual health and safety take a back seat. In other words, health of the quote unquote environment becomes more important than the health of people. That's what I'm seeing in this, you know, discussion right here is that the health of the environment is
1: more of a concern than the health and safety of people living there
2: there it is we just gotta move lawn. i think that's the easiest way to get out of this you know mow the lawn Mold get the rid flag. of the
1: weeds yeah
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. uh variability in uh n- uh pricing here on uh on on nitrogen we we, we can we can talk about this because this is uh <laughs> boy are there some charts in here that are that are some doozies yes, uh yeah. fertilizer markets have received considerable attention over the past two years as prices for nitrogen and other fertilizers experienced dramatic increases from late 2020 into the second quarter of 2022 followed by sharp declines back to 2021 levels over the past 18 months while the movements in average price levels are important to monitor, variability in local prices uh, available to individual producers is also essential to consider. Uh, this is particularly true in the current environment with projections for farmer returns in Illinois to be much lower and potentially negative for the 2023 and 2024 crop uh, year. Uh, This article continues our series focused on uh, fertilizer prices. Uh, You can go back through the uh, Farm Doc Daily articles to take a look at the previous uh, uh, editions. With a focus on variability in price levels around the averages reported by the USDA for Illinois. The historical data shows that there can exist a significant amount of variability around average price levels. And the variability tends to be larger during periods of fast market adjustment or rapidly rising or falling price levels. Amazing variability exists when there's rapidly rising or falling price levels. Who would have thought it? Uh, this is a brilliant piece of writing there. Uh, this suggests that farmers should carefully monitor changes in local pricing opportunities and when possible, compare price quotes from multiple suppliers. Again, man, this is just unbelievable information here. The biweekly Illinois production cost report provided by the agricultural marketing service of the United States department of agriculture, a more bureaucratic just jargon there. Reports average prices for fertilizer products and farm diesel fuel uh, based on statewide surveys. The report also includes the price range for survey responses, providing a measure of price variability within the state for fertilizers and diesel fuel over the past, over the two week period covered by the report. Note that there are both spatial and temporal components to this variation. Uh, The price range reported uh, captures variation across price information sources or respondents, as well as variation that could occur during the time frame over which the data is collected to create the report. Uh, for example, we will take a look at anhydrous ammonia uh, that spiked over sixteen hundred dollars a ton, uh, and that would have been uh, as we transitioned to twenty twenty three, uh, and then we had a boy howdy fall off back to just over six hundred dollars a ton. Uh, so you know where we saw an increase of almost four hundred percent, we then had uh, a pretty a pretty significant. Um, almost, uh, 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 you know, what, what would that be a 50% reduction, 60, 75% reduction, uh, on the, on the fall there, absolutely insane variability. Again, this has only been rivaled by 2008, where we saw just a gigantic spike. And then, and then falls, we transitioned into 2009, Uh, And then we also see the same thing applies to urea as well, um, where, you know, we were cruising along, uh, you know, just under $400 a ton. And then we saw the spike um, upwards of over $1,000 a ton. And now it's fallen back to uh, just under $500 a ton. Uh, And then the uh, the UAN market, which would be the liquid nitrogen that we see here, uh, you know, moving from just over $200 a ton to $700 a ton back down to, uh, you know, roughly $350 a ton. So. Again, monumental, uh, chaotic scenes here. Now, while, you know, we we can take that one aspect into consideration, you know, with like, you know, yes, that 100 percent is the biggest influence of uh, 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 our particular sector here. Now, in relation to every other aspect of just life in general, uh, how that ends up affecting us, you know, and of course, with inflation and everything else here here is one of the nutty things about it, right, is, uh, okay, if, if your input cost jumps 400%, but your, uh, your, your, your per acre uh, bushel, uh, you know, increases that, that, you know, revenue-wise that you're increasing, you know, like, for instance, when corn is over $6, you know, you're, you can still make, you know, a fairly decent profit on that, right? Your margin is probably going to be about what it was before, but, you know, you're still pulling in profit, no, no issue there where it gets sideways quickly is when you have a rapid, uh, fall of fertilizer prices and a rapid fall in commodity prices. And that is one of the big things we're running into right now. And so as we were hoping to find a softening of, uh, of uh, 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 commodities, um, because, uh, you know, fertilizer prices are falling and then we might see, you know, gradual decline on, uh, on, on commodity prices. Uh, what ends up happening is where you're, you're not, you're not turning a profit on your farm anymore. And, uh, and that's going to be a lot of insurance claims. Uh, it's going to be a lot of abandoned fields Time's up, it's and, over. uh, and you know, any, any hope for softening that you were expecting is pretty much going to the wayside
2: at that point. So, you know, it is, it's tough. It's tough, well and, well, and I think the the interesting part will be coming up here. Where you know, where do harvests land? Right, what do yields end up at on corn and soybeans, particularly in the Midwest here? Because if you think about it, depending on when some of these guys and gals bought, you know, in the ag space, if they bought high, if they bought a you know, kind of trending on the downward of twenty twenty two, uh, you know, the the um. Input costs that they have on some of these crops is really, really high, higher than they've seen in quite some time. And there was really no way to catch up to it because it had already caught up to them. This was the second year, right? That they basically had to plant under these conditions. And it was only getting worse at that time. So, uh, a lot of drought in certain parts of the corn belt and certain parts of the Midwest, you know, the Great Plains and whatnot. So, um, you know, that could bode poorly if there's poor yields, right? Not covering costs or there's less, less of these crops in the market, right? Price goes up, which helps out the people that were able to produce, but then come next year, you know, where does that put everybody? So it'll be interesting here, Matt and Ray, over the next, you know, 60 days or so to see where things land, how close to, you know, some of those uh, Department of Agricultural projections uh, we were. And again, knowing that people have a lot on the line, on this harvest, and it's gotta come through, or else you know, dominoes might start falling. Uh, uh boy. Um, anyway, <laughs> let's uh how, how about how about we jump into our favorite
0: segment here and uh check out this week's uh Joe No star
4: Joe No Hi, I'm
0: Joe. I'm going to give you a bunch of accurate turf facts today because Joe knows turf.
2: (laughs) He does know turf, ladies and gentlemen. Joe, haven't heard from him in a while. I hope he's doing well. Uh, And, uh, you know, hey, things are uh, progressing for him, you know. Uh, that being said, and somebody that things are progressing for and progressing so much so that it is uh, it's been almost two years to the day, I think, since Matt saw this individual in person and at that time gave him a, a, a big hug, um, was was affectionate, caring, uh, offered words of encouragement. And I do mean this genuinely, there's, 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 there's no hyperbole in this statement. So without further ado, uh, this was sent to us about a new product that's coming down the pike here from uh, uh, Green County Fertilizer. And uh, some folks asked us to take a look at it, see what we think, if we can tell if there's any, you know, secret sauce here or what's going on. So uh, Jay Pink, go ahead and start that video right about the 525, 530 mark.
4: Hold up extremely well, we all know that. This is a non-treated nitrogen that's on this section, aside from the humic carrier that we're putting around it. I don't see a reason to go more than a half pound per thousand square feet with it. So at this point here, I don't feel like I need to fertilize anything up here, it looks great. I think eight weeks is probably a good number for it in sort of spring or fall conditions on cool season turf. we're going to play with it more and study and do do a little bit more work to the material so we can bring more data about it but i guess here's what you should know the idea here is this is something that we're going to launch in 2024 it'll start out as a professional product first uh, before we introduce it into the homeowner market and the reason is um, limited availability of what the material is that we're producing for it logistics are going to be vitally important here and Part of my relationships and and the relationships that we've built as a company are dealing with granular uh, blenders around the country that will be able to put this into the hands of people without having to transport it all over the place. So we have goals in mind for what we're going to do for the carrier and the coating. That goes out to different blenders, it gets bagged to our spec, and then it's sold in the region rather than trying to ship everything out of Georgia. Now, this whole process we've been working on for a long time because what we're trying to do is very different. I'm not going to say that there's anything magic about any granular fertilizer. There's nothing, it's it's fertilizer. It's meant to feed the grass, meant to make it look good. But then we want to hit a couple of other points in there, too. We want to get some good long-term feeding out of some readily soluble fertilizer. Uh, We want to see more water holding capacity in the soil. That's a big thing for us. And we do want to see some structural improvements as time goes on. And further, be able to minimize the amount that you need to put down, get the biggest bang for your buck, and have a product that comes to market that isn't branded in such a way that people feel like they need to charge through the nose for it. This is something that's going to come in affordably and it's going to end up being a staple product for professionals all around the country. And then as we roll it out to the DIY community you're just going to love the way that it performs, love the way that it spreads and love the benefits that you're getting out of it. Huh. There's so many things Sorry. you can't rush yeah. it out. The OG. We know drops, exactly brother. how nitrogen performs, phosphorus performs, potassium performs. In this mix, we are using ammonium sulfate, uh, diammonium phosphate, sulfate of potash. Uh, the total analysis on this prototype, this is not what's going to be final. It may be an offering, but this is just prototype material to see where we could kind of land with everything. It's a 16-2-3. Um, 17% sulfur and about 15% of our reacted humate material in there as well. So we've got a whole combination, just a nice, good feeding granular that provides a deep, deep dark green running at that half pound rate is beautiful. It will be fun to see if we can go lower than that. I know that you can go higher if you want rapidly growing grass. If you feel like your grass needs to a big hit, then fine. You can go to a higher rate.
2: Okay, so uh, gosh, this sounds familiar, <laughs> but uh, yeah, a few things here is I'm glad to hear John say what he did, that fertilizer is fertilizer. It's, you know, how you use it when you deploy it, right? Using the right product, right, rate. Right. We just did a whole thing uh, two shows ago on the 4R. So um, it's kind of hard to screw up unless you take one of those and put it out of order though. But uh, quick reactions here, Jen. What are we looking at? And uh, I kind of feel like there's already this out in the market. And, and and we'll leave the business part aside here for a second. I want to talk about that on the back end.
1: But just purely from a product build standpoint, what are we looking at here? Is it, say that again. On a product build just, standpoint, yeah, how, what do you mean?
2: Yeah, 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 yeah. Just the the derivatives, what's in there, how it's uh, how it is put together, what it is meant to do.
0: So it's just it's a it's a it's a a homogeneous uh, AMS DAP and SOP, right? So here I've probably got a calculator somewhere that I can plug this into. Uh, let me see here.
1: Um, uh, oh, hey, John Perry. Yeah, talk, talk for a reinvented second while I the wheel.
3: You know, John Perry has essentially reinvented the wheel because, you know what? Starting in the 1990s, I've seen K adsorbed onto humic and organic matter, Ryan. I saw that kind of product before, and I thought that
1: that product mm. was absolute trash and garbage. You know what that product was? Oh shit. Grow power. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that grow yeah. power. Wow, I never heard that. Uh, that
3: scam that scam. useless bullshit. Everybody in Hawaii jerks off to grow power. What a useless trash garbage yeah. product.
2: Uh, <laughs> I just got a really bad mental image of people in Hawaii jerking off to shit. I didn't really <laughs> want to do that. Wow. Well, Everybody, yeah. you know, when they do the the, the map with Pornhub and like the most frequently searched term, and they either mm-hmm. go grow power or scat from Hawaii. Those are my two options. Um, anyway, yikes, uh, yikes. But then, uh, but then, this is not the okay. first time
3: I've seen or heard of a product making these kind of claims. This is old. Mm-hmm. This is nothing mm-hmm. new. You know, this is nothing new.
2: I mean. Yes. So the other uh, so, part too that's interesting is from a business perspective and uh, I'm just theorizing here I don't know what John's intentions are or GCF or anything like that um and it'll work like that I'm not here to tell you that don't buy this cuz it's not going to work anything like that oh it'll definitely work um, it'll
3: work but you need a hell of a lot the, more than he's claiming
2: <laughs> you
3: need a heck of well, a lot more than he's claiming
2: the- that's yeah. the thing is I, I isn't this kind of the antithesis yeah excuse me the antithesis to uh gcf and biogreen and and the way that they approach fertility right so that you don't have mm-hmm. you know large and even by those standards you know more than a half pound let's say uh of mm-hmm. of nitrogen going out at one time It just seems yep. a little antithetical a little bit different a little bit out there and uh i don't know i mean uh, i, I That's the part I'd be interested to to know is, do they feel like that this is, you know, obviously you're moving the needle further faster with, uh, the humate part. Yeah. Uh, but you're also putting down more, you know, seemingly more nitrogen. You're going to see a response out of this product no matter what. And furthermore, is this perhaps in response to some of the market pressures that we're seeing, you know, sure. Ron, big Ron selling the shit out of some, uh, carbon PZM and Miramichi and yeah. All yep, that yep. is probably moving the needle a little bit. Earthworks breaking into the market here on the homeowner side. I mean, so, yeah, there's a lot of pressure mm-hmm. in this granular space to have something. And I think if you were going to, if you were looking and theorizing what John would hang his hat on, obviously it'd be something like this. So not shocked in that realm, but just a little bit, a little bit odd that, you know, the, again, the liquid program, the low end program. And now we come with this. Yeah. interesting
1: no no now
3: you're, now you're gonna to have to attempt to soil load with supposedly organically bound in on top of his low rate nitrogen and micronutrient products right ryan you need to soil load yes. with a uh, with a, a supposedly slow release
2: <laughs> and interesting on, on that front too i mean mm-hmm in terms of the uh the bulking material here matt is this a new material or is this going to be something that would be coming from a byproduct or a waste stream of the production of their other humic products
0: uh uh, yeah so okay all right. This is uh, this is this is definitely a waste stream, right? So when you when you do a humic reaction, uh, what you're doing is you're taking a a, a shale, right, Linerdite shale, and the the humic fraction of it is only soluble in a high pH. So you 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 know take a caustic material, mix it with it. And, uh, and let it sit for a period of time. And then you're going to get a liquid that settles on the top. And then on the bottom, you're going to have a, a a sludge, you know, and it, and basically it's just a really, really hydrated leftover, uh, uh, you know, goo, schmoo, uh, dirt Mm -hmm. in effect, right? All the humic fraction has been pulled out of it. And actually the fallback fraction has been, been pulled out too, because it's solid by any pH, right? So you're just left with dirt at that point. Right. So, um, uh anyway, that's it's and you have to discard it, right? And you got to figure out something to do with otherwise you're just gonna to continue to Time's amass up, it and amass over. it and amass it, and then that becomes a problem, right? Because you have uh a bunch of caustic material that has uh, you know accumulates and you know that depending on you know the uh how alkaline it is and you know how much of the uh the materials you use to make it, uh to to extract the humic fraction um, is, is used that you might have remnants left over in it. And then that becomes hazardous and you can't, you can't just dump it. Right. Or, you know, sometimes you can, but then that becomes cost prohibitive to continue to do that. And so you got to find something to do with it. Right. So this is a perfect example of, uh, uh, you know, on the startup space, you hear upcycling, right. Is, is one way to put it or, uh, 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 you know, uh, yeah, yeah. What we'll, was we'll called is up upcycling, upcycling
3: right? Yes, up sure. cycling. And, uh, yeah.
0: And so uh, effectively, you know, sixteen two three. Now what does that sound like that just went out of business? That was uh um who were the boys down in Florida? Anuvia was a sixteen two three. Anuvia, right? yes. Yep. Yes homogenous sixteen two three. Uh so you know, I think I think from a, a business perspective, it's easy to look at that and be like, okay, that was already, you know, popular in the marketplace to an extent, not popular enough, but it, it was. It was super um <laughs> It was super popular, and honestly, it was the ag portion of it that you couldn't catch on. Lawn care was fine; sales and lawn care were great. Um, it was it was ag that you know they they uh, they, they couldn't penetrate, well, which was was going to be well their, leverage out there you know, too. Their ticket to, uh, uh, profitability. So anyway, you know, there's a hole left for that analysis that's going to resonate with people, you know, psychologically, and uh, and so what a perfect analysis to to replace it with, right? Another 1623. three. Now, when you formulate that. <clears throat> You know, and based on the inputs that are chosen here, you have sulfate of potash, ammonium sulfate, and DAP, right? Uh, so you have approximately seventeen percent of of a granule left over to do something with, right? And uh, and oh well, what do we put in there to to get it to uh, uh, to hold together? Well, well, we've got this waste stream here that is due to be upcycled, so uh, we can homogenize it with that, right? Um, and, uh, and so anyway, you know, here we go. Uh, here we go. I'd say there was a bit of a chore on the front end trying to figure out how to manipulate that pH in such a way, um, in order to, uh, to keep it from just ammonianizing through the granulator. Because let me tell you, you take something high pH and then mix it with ammonium sulfate and put that into a granulator. You're literally throwing off ammonia gas on the other end and it is no fun. So there's definitely some treatment uh, that went into this to, to get it uh ready to go, right? And uh and so anyway, yeah, you mm-hmm. know, you've 17% I can't remember what he said uh the uh the, you
2: know,
0: the fraction sulfur, of there. Yeah. Uh he said 17% sulfur, but that's that's just due to the ammonium sulfate. But he said right, there was a right, number right. of uh of of their material that went into it. You know, did he say I think he said uh, it was like 15% of a humic fraction US. or whatever, right? A, yep. a human fraction maybe. Um, the number maybe. 17%, what, what percentage is active by whatever number, you know, whatever, uh, qualification they're call, calling active, you know, is it, uh, uh, is it, you know, organic matter, right? Maybe, maybe organic matter is the, uh, the active fraction they're talking about, you know, and then they're calling the human aspect of, of, of that organic matter. And then it's 17% by composition, you know, you do a loss of ignition test. It comes in at 15, right? Cause it's not going to be a hundred percent efficient. And so, you know, there you go. That's where you get that 15% number. Um, in, in effect, you're getting 16 units of N from ammonium sulfate. We all know ammonium sulfate is twenty one zero zero twenty two. Um, so uh that makes sense that you would have one more unit of sulfur uh or an even number of sulfur of N to uh of N to S, but you know, you also got sulfate of potash. Now, granted, in this, you know, sulfate of potash is a zero zero fifty. Um, and if you're using a micronized uh, sulfate of potash, typically that's zero zero fifty two, 52. Um, so, you know, you're talking about, eh, you know, 6%, uh, you know, five, five and three quarter percent, uh, sulfate of potash. So you're getting just a sniff and sulfate of potash is what? 005217 I think. So between just from the sniff it, yeah. of sulfur you get yeah. from it. And mm-hmm. then the majority of it coming from ammonium sulfate. You know, there you go. Uh, with the DAP, DAP is eighteen forty six zero. you know, so you got just a sniff, a DAP in it to get it to, to two units of P. It takes about 4.5% to get it there. And uh,
1: so, you know, there it is.
2: Lots of luck. And, you know, here's the thing. Uh, you know, Bringing awareness to the, the uh, you know, the little guys in the industry, trying to prop them up a little bit. You know, it's tough out there. So uh, hopefully we'll see John in Louisville. Just like twenty twenty one. If yeah, you know, you know. Good
1: uh, luck, <laughs> 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 like John. I, I like the
0: formula. It's it's gonna work without a doubt. Um again, you know, and if anybody wants to have a good time, you know, take a take a sixteen two three and uh, you know, with that's derived from ammonium sulfate and apply it side by side and you know, see if you see any uh discernible difference. Um and uh, and you know, there you go. Uh, let's check out this week's burns. Oh. Oh, oh, oh,
1: oh. We have, have... multiple.
0: She she was the active fraction. Let's be honest.
1: Uh, it depends on multiple, multiple trans. Tra- <laughs> <laughs>
0: Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> the sticky situation we got into there. Um, those are tears on her belly. <laughs>
1: those aren't tears. Those are not tears. <sighs> anyway. Uh and
0: in an in town suites in Pittsburgh. Uh, of course this would happen in Pittsburgh, easily the worst city in the Union. Um Wait, wait, is it Pittsburgh? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's Pittsburgh, without a doubt. In um, in-town suites, I sent a bunch of people to the hospital because of pesticide exposure. Uh, at Oops. McKnight Road in Ross Township, uh, guests of the in-town suites were evacuated just before 9 a.m. for what officials say is related oh. to a pesticide exposure. Uh, people started calling with, uh, hotel guests were calling because of, uh, respiratory symptoms. Uh, EMS in Allegheny County, hazmat were called in, and it was determined the symptoms were due to pesticide exposure. Uh, KDKA was told the hotel put bait traps around the outside perimeter of the building to control the rat population. When the traps got wet from the rain, it created a gas called phosphate. Uh, I'm sorry. I said phosphate. It's Freudian slip there. Phosphine, which could be dangerous to humans if enough of it is ingest, ingested. Ingested. Uh, When it mixes with water, and I'm not sure what brand or what company or what the active ingredients were in that rat bait, uh, but there is a known thing where different types of rat control substances, whenever they mix with water, can create phosphine gas. Seven people were transported to area hospitals, and four were treated on scene, none of which are critical. Uh, We thought it was fall change, but not with the headaches, the nausea, the body aches, the neuropathy, the tingling in your extremities. Uh, Meanwhile, Pittsburgh Transit brought buses in for temporary shelter while the fire department worked to ventilate the building. Uh, to try and get guests back into their room safely. Uh, hotel management told KDKA they hope to welcome guests back by Monday's end. Home is where the heart is. Uh, you don't want home to be where the hurt is, uh, guest Garrett Powell said. Uh, watch out for the phosphine gas.
3: Ray, how does phosphine gas end up happening? Okay, phosphine gas happens when you mix water or react water with chemicals known as phosphides and i am hoping to god that that pest control operator didn't elect or decide to use a rat poison containing a compound called zinc phosphide and the reason why i, I highlight zinc phosphide is I'm familiar with a federal restricted use rodenticide containing zinc phosphide that is only labeled for factories, food plants, and industrial buildings. It is not and by any means, mm. No and it is not by any means intended for application in residential settings. And I include a hotel or a motel as a residential settings. I mean Listen, if you this got an pest injury, control the operator Connor lodge,
2: it's debatable yeah, whether this, that's residential.
3: No, Yeah, this pest control operator fucked up badly, okay? He fucked up badly because I also heard of instances where somebody took home from work this fumigant called aluminum phosphide. And aluminum phosphide also has the property of reacting with the moisture and humidity in the air to create that phosphine gas in high amounts. And there was an instance where somebody did that, and I think he killed his own kids because that phosphine gas went from underneath the rat burrows that were under his house went back up into his house where his children were, and his his kids died. I mean, you do not mess around no, with phosphine mind. or phosphine-generating compounds because, as far as I know, anything that could generate phosphine is highly restricted as to where and how you may even apply it. And
2: this is why, Matt and Ryan, that's why. This is... Uh and we went from burns yeah, to fine. liquid hot fucking magma right there that was that was pretty <laughs> intense uh listen i think the point that this highlights again to uh Le supernova and all of all of those like him is that this is the kind of shit that gets blown out of proportion and number 2 it should get blown out of proportion because somebody made a mistake right the only way we learn from those mistakes is by bringing it to light and i think that's one of the good things about um You know, the conversations that we have here, the conversations that we have amongst the folks, at least in our community, is we're willing to admit when we make a mistake, right, and take a chance to learn from it. So, um, yeah, it's unfortunate that this happened, especially in this setting, you know, especially guys, because I'm sure all this guy got called there to do was that it was probably a hotel key party, and he probably had like 30, you know, Chuck chairs that he had to sanitize, and he just used the wrong (laughs) shit. How are you going to blame a guy for that? Listen, I thought all I thought I had to do was just, you know, get rid of the vanilla smell and all the glitter. Use the wrong stuff. I'm sorry. Uh
0: I don't I if you know, if anybody wants to take a moment of time and read the uh the various reviews at this place, first off, <laughs> this is an extended stay that is like, you know, furnished for for people that have to have to work there for an extended period of okay. time
2: have an extra long hotel key party.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, like I like this one. Uh, and what Tracy here who left this review does not understand this is, is that her boyfriend was 100% running a racket on her. Um, my boyfriend <laughs> booked a room for a week. He locked his keys in his room on accident the first night, which was Saturday and couldn't get any assistance until, until Monday at 11 who runs a hotel with no 24 hours assistance. So he paid for two nights and he wasn't even there. Uh <laughs> Sweetheart. I'm very certain he could get back into his hotel room. He just lied to you. That's all. Mm-hmm. He went out and woke up and was in a completely different city, probably by choice, and uh and had to come up with a quick excuse, uh, you know, to explain you know, that he wasn't out with his boys and uh, you know, it's like, "Oh, honey, you'll never believe this. I got I locked God, out of the we- room, and that's why I'm in 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 Missouri right now instead of Pittsburgh." I had nowhere else you know, to sleep. There's,
2: there's the old saying. Yeah, you know, there's what he said, and there's what she said, and then there's what actually happened. I think <laughs> one of our, one of our things we should sell is uh, being Google review arbiters, right? <laughs> so we'll we'll hear from <laughs> the owner, we'll hear from you know mm-hmm. the the reviewer, and then we'll make a judgment determination a narrative about what actually happened. In this case, I think Matt, you're right. That dude was. Probably he, he may have woken up with a revolver in his hand somewhere on the banks of an contemplating life and not able to sleep. Uh,
0: Without a doubt. But, you know, actually, this probably worked out in his favor because this kept him from be, becoming poisoned with phosphine gas. So, you know, you count your wins <laughs> or you can get them and uh, yeah. this guy end up exactly on the right side mm-hmm. of lucky. Uh, the next one here, Hollowell mm-hmm. uh, bans pesticides, but okays fertilizers on private property.
2: <sighs> the what? new rules
0: see wait wait wait, 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 wait. Only... stop stop stop, stop. Uh-huh, i thought uh-huh, this was uh-huh.
2: this, this, this you're making this up this isn't happening it's not happening. okay
0: wait a second can i reread it for you because i just i want to i want to reiterate that this is uh maybe this is what they call fake news let me let me let me let me try the headline again hallowell bans pesticides okays fertilizers on private property is it is it different that time? time? stamp
2: that. Let's Timestamp Time stamp that for the supernova. Make sure he mm, he gets to hear, okay. hear this.
0: We'll do that. We'll tag him in it, and then he'll he'll bring probably make uh, some can comment you also ask that him to bring, because I'm in Tennessee, I'm a racist or something bright and well, shiny that he wants sure, to come up with.
2: You ask him to bring the fine china, the good silverware, and one of those linen napkins, so he can eat all of your balls. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, city councilors voted Tuesday to pass a controversial land maintenance ordinance after approving minor changes in the measures. Third reading, the ordinance would ban the use of pesticides by Hollowell residents after it goes into effect in January, but would allow the use of fertilizers, a significant change from the original draft ordinance introduced in August of 2022. Members of the city council who were present during the meeting, vetoed unanimously to pass the or, voted, not vetoed, voted unanimously to pass the ordinance. Uh, Kate Duffer and Berkeley Alman Hunter were absent. Uh, most of the changes were made before the second reading last month, but a few minor language changes warranted a third reading. The final ordinance includes provisions for water testing that can highlight the presence of pesticides and fertilizer in town waters. Are you fucking kidding me? The ordinance also includes exemptions for residents to use herbicides that treat invasive plants. Oh, wow, thanks. You really did one for me there, uh, which would be allowed using a waiver provided by the code enforcement officer exemptions for residents growing food for individual consumption have also been included
2: what
0: <laughs> Boy, the state really gets to say in a lot a lot of what goes on in your life uh mayor george lapointe said the first year is to be considered an educational period meaning residents will not be fined for violations and instead be educated on the use of pesticides Monetary penalties will go into effect from 2025. Uh, it was first introduced by Rosemary Presner, a resident involved in local committees to ban the use of synthetic substances and pesticides within 75 feet of any bottle of water. Uh, after pushback from other residents, officials put together a working group to gather input from residents, environmental advocates, and landowners to develop a balanced ordinance aimed at reducing the use of synthetic pesticides. The final version of land management ordinance is the fruit of two years of laborious yet rewarding collaboration among grassroots advocates, city staff members, and members of our community. It sounds like a bunch of biologists, uh, pathologists, and uh, entomologists were involved in that. Uh, The process has resulted in a policy that judiciously judiciously restricts the use of cosmetic pesticides in our city, eliminating the impact of countless harmful products on our residents and our environment. The notable emission of fertilizers from the previous was a compromise on behalf of the ordinance supporters. The lack of data showing the direct impact of fertilizers on town waters also contributed to the removal of the provision. I felt good about the process and working with the group. Uh, We managed to narrow it down to pertinent matters involving pesticides. Uh, Runoff in uh, water bodies is common have been linked to harming aquatic life and contributing to neurological diseases in humans. Here, about 30 municipalities in Maine have similar regulations, but only a few, including South Portland and Ogaquit. Ogunquit uh, have uh, oh gone quit uh, have restrictions on private properties. Uh, this is this is something we are excited about. If you look around the state and even the country, very few people are doing this, and it's an inter- interesting situation. We look forward to working with it. Yeah, we hope to spread it to a town near you. Um, yeah. Holy oh. shit! In the in the, what, boy, we will really give it away. In the name of safety, if someone convinces us it's dangerous and it doesn't matter what it is here, we have termed, we have coined the term, uh, pesticide is so vehemently evil. We will allow the state to come in and look at what we're growing on our property to decide if they should issue us a permit that allows us to use a pesticide or not. We know we gave man. that freedom away. In the name of safety uh-huh. of a cosmetic or synthetic pesticide, what are you going to mm-hmm. do when you have roaches coming into your house and you want to go just get something off the shelf
2: at Ace Hardware, but you can't. You can't do it. Mm-hmm. You can't even go listen, I have a you question. Can't Even go into the novelty machine in the men's room at that gas station and get spermicidal lube. This is question.
1: insane.
2: No, this is nuts because okay Matt, here's my
3: question. So therefore, has this town Jesus.
1: also permitted people to keep their land? Mm. uh Ray, you just got canceled. Uh you're gonna you're
0: gonna yeah. have to hit refresh and come.
3: Oh, he's back. Uh, yo. Okay. Has Has this town similarly, Matt, allowed residents to grow weeds of various heights on their land? Because you see, where it'll get fucked up is when you ban pesticides, but then you tell people also, oh, your lawn cannot be
1: taller than 10 inches. That ain't going to work. That ain't going to work. I mean I'm just saying Yeah, I mean uh,
2: at what point do you trust people to do what's legally allowed what I mean, again I mean I don't know there's there's a lot is responsible use of anything in this society there there has to be a human element there of which You take responsibility for your actions, right? What you do, how you use it. And ultimately, whether it's for your own good or the good of your neighbor or your community or whatever, that you take that responsibility, you know, somewhat fucking Mm -hmm. seriously. And then at that point, right, you live in a community of ideal beliefs, right? Or, Or beliefs and ideals that are, you know, somewhat similar. And you can do this on your own, legislating it, enforcing it, and then ultimately, okay, like you said, what's the means of the end right what what happens in the end when like that's it you got a roach in your in your kitchen tough cookies or you better call the state you, you better know? call the state and their staff how? to come take
0: a look at it instantly, right
2: yeah that yeah how many how many people mm-hmm. run to the hardware store in the next town over and they're like, ah, fuck it. <laughs> it's convenient to think about it now when you when you have it, and you think, "Oh, we don't need it, and nobody else should need it either." Until you actually do need it, and you want to use it responsibly, okay. and you want to use it for the right.
3: I have a, you know, I have I have a, a, a counterbalance to all this, and you know what I say when a state becomes overreaching and unreasonable. If it fits, it ships.
0: Uh,
1: we'll we'll be we'll be
0: talking about that a little later uh because uh it, it turns out the doj may be cracking down on that as well too i look this is this is so insane to me right this is so insane what is i think the most egregious part of it to me is the amount of ego stroking the 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 city people are partaking in over this
2: like guys
0: we did it
2: we really got it done. Wait, we... wait, wait. <laughs> how big is the how big is the carrier in the background in Holloway for the mission accomplished sign? Do we have a big carrier that we can do this? Oh, on? without a doubt, without a <laughs> doubt, humongous. Kim, wait. Yeah, I tell you what.
0: Someone find me a picture of that county commissioner, and I will personally edit George Bush out of the picture and replace it with that with those commissioners. And, and um, in front of the uh, the the uh, mission accomplished sign on the uh, on the carrier there. On boy, the carrier, boy, you know how funny that was that that kicked off one hell of a war. That was actually the beginning, wasn't it? Lord have mm-hmm. mercy. Again, same thing here. I mean, just ego stroking. Like, oh, it is it is gross. This is actually disgusting. It is actually disgusting the amount of ego stroking and self patronizing that is going on by these people. We, if anybody can look at this and not come to the conclusion that we have single-handedly given government entirely too much fucking authority, then you you have been licking windows and mouth breathing for entirely too fucking long. It
3: is, this is asinine. It is absolutely fucking asinine. Yeah, this is crazy because I'm going to tell you that You know, the moment my city actually bans shit like that and it
1: comes through, I'm definitely gone. That's when I'm definitely done. Because that same... Because, you know, I have seen the
3: fallout or the downstream effects from an irrational prohibition on the use of pesticides. I've seen what happens. And by the way, folks, this is why the hell Maui burned down to the ground, okay? It ain't because of the the power company, because the power company literally was not allowed to control their vegetation. And don't ever blame the landowners, because you try getting a permit to make vegetation management applications on large areas of land, guess what you
1: get when you ask for that permission? That's what you get, okay? So I've seen what
3: happens when the government comes in and says, we are going to prohibit and restrict you in the name of protecting the environment and for your own safety. What I'm going to say about that is, don't you believe it? Don't you believe it? Because you will not be safer or healthier for their restrictions. The opposite will happen in most cases.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I, I, <laughs> oh, boy, oh, boy, this is uh, all right. Let's 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 wrap it up here. Uh, we're going to turn it into returns because this, this, this is this is this is really going to make it full circle. Uh, Remember, Ray, if it fits, it ships was, well, that was that was something we'll tell kids about that we got to experience in our life because the DOJ targets eBay over vehicle emissions, defeats devices, pesticides and other Mm. toxins. Uh, The U.S. Justice Department filed a civil complaint against eBay claiming the online uh, online marketplace Unlawfully sold and distributed hundreds of thousands of products like pesticides, motor vehicle emission evading devices that violate environmental laws. The complaint Wednesday claims eBay sold, offered for sale, or caused the sale of more of 343,000 aftermarket devices that tried to evade motor vehicle emission controls. It also alleges the company unlawfully distributed or sold at least 23,000 pesticides that were unregistered, misbranded, or for restricted use. Uh, The Justice Department said that the pesticides include a high-toxicity insecticide ban in the U.S., a restricted-use pesticide that only certified applicators may apply, and a product falsely claiming to protect users against the virus that causes (laughs) COVID-19. In addition, the complaint claims that eBay distributed more than 5,600 painting and coating removal products that include methylene chloride, eBay's sale of a mission-controlled devices, pesticides, and other unsafe products poses unacceptable risks to our communities, disproportionately impacted by environmental health hazards. Together with our partners, this office will vigorously enforce federal law against those whose conduct endangers public health and the environment. eBay called the government's actions entirely unprecedented and said that it planned to vigorously defend itself. Maintaining a safe and trusted marketplace for our global community of sellers and buyers is fundamentally the principle of our business at eBay. Uh, we de- dedicate significant resources, implement state-of-the-art technology, and ensure teams are properly trained to prevent prohibited items from being listed in the marketplace. We are effectively blocking more than 99.9% of the listings for the products cited by the Justice Department, including millions of listings each year. The Justice Department, on half of the U.S. EPA, filed a complaint against eBay in federal court in Brooklyn. The EPA has previously issued orders against eBay in 2021 order the company to stop selling 170 rich, uh, unregistered and misbranded pesticide products. Uh, the U.S. has targeted sales of toxic materials before. I love this toxic material thing. This is just—it's un- synonymous with what? 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 What toxicity profile are we using as as our uh, as our base? Uh, you know, what is what is our standard? Is it is an LD fifty of sodium chloride? Is that is that our base of what we're defining as toxicity? Um, in 2018, the EPA announced a $1.2 million settlement with Amazon over the sale of distribution of illegal pesticides, uh, said at the time, the agreement settled allegations that the, uh, Seattle e-commerce giant committed nearly 4,000 violations between 2013 and 16, uh, distributing imported pesticide products not listed for sale in the United States and the EPA issued a stop sale order in 2020 requiring Amazon to take a bunch of shit down, and so on and so forth. Now we're, we're going after eBay. Look. I, you know, okay, I get it. Yes. There, there are, I have seen listings for restricted use products on eBay before, but I've also seen legitimate dealers dealing on eBay before as well, too. And, uh, they mm-hmm. are the ones that are going to get swept up in this because someone did, you know, bad. And, uh, and, and, you know, uh, again, th- I think what they're doing is taking all pesticide sales into account here and not just uh, sales of a restricted use product or in the event of a pesticide that, uh, that that COVID. I think, I think that's the I word. And, uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm not sure I've seen, uh, that listed as a pesticide before. Maybe it does carry a, uh, pesi- EPA pesticide registration number. And I'm just it doesn't, not, not familiar. Okay. So it's it, interesting. It doesn't, that that is,
3: however, is carrying a here's,
0: pesticide. Here's label. what,
3: uh, the, the The reason why they could classify it as a pesticide is because ivermectin is frequently administered for treatment of external parasites on livestock, right, 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 and on humans because Mm -hmm. do you know what the most one of the most effective treatment for scabies is? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You give somebody. no, you, give, you just give somebody a dosage of ivermectin. And you know what, Matt? That ivermectin dosage replaced an extremely toxic treatment that did get
1: highly restricted. And you know what that treatment used to be for scabies? Huh. Imagine a lotion or shampoo containing something called gamma benzene hexachloride. Lindane. Uh-huh. That was the uh-huh. old treatment for scabies. Gee, really?
3: <laughs> yes, sir. Or, or the other treatment for, you know, parasites was a shampoo containing malathion.
0: Uh, yeah, I remember. <laughs> I remember that okay. as well too. I've I have seen it okay. before. So no doubt.
3: So, you know, ivermectin does have a use. However, a little of this is political and i'm familiar with the product that the department of justice is going after because this is a very popular insecticide
1: in southeast asia and africa it's called ddvp
3: and And it is one of those organophosphate type things and it's one of those insecticides that nobody in their right mind should contemplate dealing with unless they totally understand and know what they're dealing with. Okay? I mean, it's one of those things because DDVP was actually, for a time, completely banned in the United States. But it came back under new constraints on its usage to ensure safety so i think i know what was going on as far as why because you know there's something else matt i always wondered why on ebay i could get something called a dpf and egr delete kit I always wondered. And do you know what the E the EGR and DPF delete kit was? No. No. Let me explain. Say you have a Ford F three fifty or oh a yeah Ram yeah 3- yeah yeah Ram three thousand five hundred. Uh huh. Uh huh. You can then go in and remove all of the emission control devices from that engine.
1: And then the engine will run with those delete kits without throwing a check
3: engine light or going into limp mode. Because yeah. the the other
1: part of that is, I remember seeing these engine retuners that you
3: plug into your diagnostic port, hit the button... And your truck forgets that it doesn't have its DPF and EGR anymore. I know about those.
2: (laughs) Look, it could have been like, you know, you know, all the old legal stuff they used to sell, which was, you know, you you would bid on a piece of loose leaf notebook paper and it would come with like, you know. You know, a a free set of hockey tickets or whatever the fuck it was. You could (laughs) buy. Masters tickets Mm -hmm. was a was a big one because you couldn't sell masters tickets without getting in trouble. Yeah, and they would just be oh, you get a free you know free set of masters tickets with this loose leaf notebook paper. Mm -hmm. I mean, the the thing that chaps my ass or or actually makes me feel that this is a a return is that yes, there are legitimate people that's going to get caught up, and this is dumb to just go, you know, bully all these people to just not sell this stuff on there. But there are dipshits out there that try to skate by. We know one of them. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. sell their wares in places that are not meant to be sold. So, yes. Uh, boy. Uh, <laughs> former
0: superintendent out to help turf managers dial in in rates. Uh, <laughs> as a superintendent, Cutler Robinson was all too familiar with trying to schedule fertilizer applications based on whether that had already occurred. He thought there had to be a better way Then the idea hit him. Applications might be more effective, leading to a healthier plan if somehow he could tap future forecasts as a basis for product applications. After three years of development, the, the result is Predict in 7 an app-driven platform from Roanoke, Virginia-based predictive agronomics that utilizes thousands of data points, including site-specific weather information, to match nitrogen management with the products offering the proper amount of phytohormones and metabolites. Uh Robinson, who graduated from Virginia Tech's Turf grass Management Program and also earned a master's degree in plant physiology in Blacksburg, described Predict 7 as a math-driven, science-driven, site-specific weather data-driven tool that combines future forecast data with specific input from superintendents to produce unique management uh, based on the probability of conditions that are likely to occur rather than those that have already happened. It incorporates seven-day forecasts because they occur, not growing degree days after they occur. It doesn't tell superintendents what to do. They tell it what they want, and it makes recommendations. One of the first signs that Predict in 7 is working, uh, according to Cutler Robinson, is find a leaf blade in the grass plant like you see. Time's up, it's over. Uh, for example, relying on plant growth regulators to slow growth put in green turf uh, can increase root reliance on nitrogen, give the plants more in than it needs. There is accumulation of organic matter, which is where disease is born. The model tells you the right amount of in for the right amount of growth between spraying intervals. Uh, in a testimonial on Robinson's website, Mike Norwicki, director of agronomy at Victoria National Golf Club in Indiana, said Predictin7 has worked for him on different turf types in different soils. Uh, I use it on two different golf courses, one with a four and USGA construction, the other with triple Seven in California construction. In each case, predict in seven helped me provide elite putting services that withstand high heat, humidity, and traffic at very fast putting st- uh, speeds Two years of beta uh, testing and r d and real world use by superintendents have shown that predict in seven can result in airrifying less often because less organic matter is created at the surface level uh anyway i've been looking for you know people are commenting i've been looking for a way to get off my addiction to pgrs and uh this has uh, uh provided me just that so interesting little tidbit here uh it'll be it'll be interesting to see how this pairs or parses out with uh you know some of the other models we have out there like om246 um yep. uh, uh the mlsn the uh um uh, what uh, uh, uh clipping clipping volume and um, the, the climate yeah. appraisal form, Football. right? So yeah.
1: all <laughs> all of
0: those, and I've seen a little bit of a. Uh, I can't. I, I I didn't look at this article. I'm looking at what I have uh, pasted over here. It Doesn't show a live fire of uh, of the ingram, But I felt like I did see it, and and uh, it almost looks like part of what's going on is is an aspect of that. Like perhaps that is being used as uh, as you know part of the algorithmic, uh, uh, materials to, to generate a lot of the, the the forecasting data as far as, you know, what to apply and when to apply it. Uh, but Hey man, good on this guy for putting it all together and getting it in. Um, I, I will be curious to keep my eyes open for, um, what, what other people say about it beyond just, um, uh, a, a, a couple of superintendent users, right? Like, um, you know, if if some of these people that have already done a lot of this uh, nitrogen modeling, modeling, if it and give it a sign or um, you know a seal of approval, then that would be just like monumental, huge, right? So, anyway, it's my take. in the what right do
2: Well, it's just moving in the right direction that you know we can do better than just saying, "Hey, I'm going to put a pound down and mm-hmm. see what happens," you know, and that basing that on Mm -hmm. how things are growing and maybe even just trying to forecast out a little bit might, what might happen. So, um, a lot of this is based, you know, somewhat similar on the OM 246 where it's estimated nitrogen return, how much you're going to mineralize in that soil. Um, there's some really, really interesting work that's just started here at Ohio state where they're looking at, uh, bent grass in particular, like putting green height bent grass and, uh, something that's been noticed in the last 10 years is how much organic material um, and how it rapidly intensifies over the first, like, maybe two years it's in the ground. So they're trying to understand how little end do we possibly need, you know, to get things going and then go from there. So.
1: Mm-hmm.
3: This is interesting. This yeah, is
4: interesting. yeah. Uh, I'm on board between...
1: for it. And uh... yeah. Go ahead, Ray. Yeah, this is interesting because uh,
3: at least on warm season turf in a tropical area, in a golf setting, I've seen N rates go down to way less than what it used to be because these days, tenth of a pound of N per month is considered high Jeez,
1: for golf. You know, it's considered high. Gosh. Yeah. <laughs> but then... I'll you tell you what's high. Oh, go ahead. Good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to understand that this is uh, turf grass types that don't want or need a lot of N either. They don't want it. They don't need it, actually. So there's the difference. Um, I don't know. I think, uh,
0: again, like you said to a step in the right direction here is, uh, is without a doubt what this provides. And, uh, you know, I think, I think even this as a foundation shows, you know, how much room there is for upward growth too. So, um, yeah, again, kudos, kudos to this guy for getting out there and getting the smurfing job done uh all right <laughs> that is going to wrap it up for us do we have anything in the mailbag I, I i glossed right over that uh nope we have uh, nothing in the mailbag no, we're clear and uh let's see we are going to go hang out with the patrons and let them come up with the title for this week's episode and i'm <laughs> going to say i think one has already come in that is uh that going to take <laughs> take the cake about it because there's sometimes shit is good no and then sometimes shit is great and uh, and boy we had a great one coming today uh thank you for everybody for tuning in and we will catch y'all on the flip side bye <laughs> <laughs>